Praise the Lord. God is good. Everybody stand to your feet. Stand on your feet. <laughs> I don't know what else you'll stand on, but anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah, God. You're so good. Father God, we just worship you tonight. We're so grateful to be here in this room, in your presence, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, that we're able to gather together to hear your word, Father God, to be here as one, united, as a family, as a, a, the believers and the church of God. We thank you, Father God, that you are here in this place. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy, Father God. We're so thankful for the word. We're so thankful for your word, Father God, changing our lives, Father God. We're so thankful tonight. Thank you, Lord God, that you helped me to speak boldly as I ought to speak, Father God, to give the message that you have tonight, Father God. Thank you for your anointing in this place, Father God, for lives being changed, for yokes being destroyed, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for healing in people's lives. We thank you, Father God, that your word brings everything that we need tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to do this message. I'm just going to tell y'all this is about the weirdest thing ever. Um, I'm looking at my children's minister in front of me. I have my youth pastor behind me. I have my pastors behind me. And I'm just a little bit like, woo! <laughs> So praise the Lord. God is so good. I greatly um, honor and respect these people, and um, they are my spiritual leaders, and it's an honor and a privilege, and it's so humbling. Um, and not only them, you know, just some of the other um, ministers, the other ministers on staff, you know. So anyway, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to move forward, but I just had to get that out, so... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, anyway, and, you know, it's really interesting that um, when I was meditating and, you know, God was speaking to me about what to talk about, um, he kept bringing this story to my mind. And I'm like, you know, kept trying to study and do different things. And he just kept bringing it back to me. And I was like, well, God, you're going to have to show me what I'm supposed to do. And so I was a little slow and it, it goes right along with the story and what he showed, <laughs> gave me to preach. So the title of this message is I Will Rise. And um, I'm just going to tell you a little story. Um, a few years back, I went on a ski trip with pastors David and Vicki, and um, there were a few other people on the trip. And um, I can, well, prior to that trip, I could snowplow. So um, I wasn't like the world's best skier. Everybody on that trip pretty much, they were much better skiers than me. But I, I'm pretty athletic, and I was like, I don't want to continue to snow plow, you know, I, or I'll just go, and I'm going to get on the bunny hill, and I'm just going to have a great time. But I'm not, you know, staying back. I'm going to go, and I'm going to ski, you know. And um, so Pastor Vicki was so gracious to um, her, and Ashley actually helped me a lot, because I'm like, this is, you know, this is how you snow plow down a hill. You've seen little kids that's how they ski. That's how they teach the little kids how to ski. They cross their skis and they go down like this, you know. But real people ski and they go like this, you know. 
and they're all elegant with it. And I didn't know how to do that. All I could do was this. So when you're doing this and you're on a big hill, you just look stupid, you know. And um, I really didn't know how to stop as well. Now, I was in the, the ski club in junior high. Um, I've always loved to travel, so that was definitely a way that I could travel. So um, when I had my ski lesson, um, they taught you how to stop and they taught you how to ski. Well, I didn't have on the proper gloves and my hands froze. So when we finally got to the important parts of how to do all of that stuff, I was in the bathroom defrosting my hands. So I never really learned. So from junior high, so every time I would go skiing, I would just, you know, I'm the master of the bunny hill. I can snow plow and I'm really good. So anyway, we go on this trip. And um, so Pastor Vicki, she's, she's really good at pushing you to do stuff that you don't think you can do and you're not comfortable doing it and, you know, pushing you out of your box. So I was like, no, I'll just go to Bunny Hill. No, 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 you should learn how to do it. So, you know, like I said, her and Ashley, they committed a lot of time to help me, you know, go down the hill. But I'm going to tell you something about Pastor David. He said, um, I'm not going to do that. So if you're going to go ski, whatever, you know, he's like, I, this is my vacation time. You love skiing. So <laughs> he was like, I'm not going to help with that. You know, y'all have a good time. I'm going to ski. But, you know, whatever. So I'm like, you know, that's cool. Whatever. That's fine. So anyway, everybody took turns with me. And every time I fell, you know, they come over. They help me get up. Y'all have a picture. So, you know, um, every time I fell, they would help me get up. And this was me 90% of the trip, you know. So they teach me, and then I, you know, I'm on the ground. So that's me. And, you know, it's always like an ugly, <laughs> ugly fall. So I had gotten pretty good. And so everybody had taken turns with me, and then they told Pastor, they were like, it's your turn to go down with her. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'm good. And everybody was like, you know, she's good. She knows what she's doing. He's like, all right. So we go down this hill, and I was doing pretty good until I got close to the end. Boom, boom, hit something, and I'm in that position on the ground, and I lay down, and he skis over to me. <laughs> when you do that, you usually get a little fresh powder on you. So I'm laid out, fresh powder, you know, raising my hands for him to help. He looks at me and goes, did they teach you how to get up? I was so irritated. It's like, yes, they taught me how to get up, but are you going to help me get up? And so then he proceeds to, and I'm like waiting for him to, you know, extend a hand, help me. You know, I'm over here, you know, whatever. And he proceeds to give me instruction on how to get up. And then he says, I'm telling you, so that if nobody else is around, you need to know how to get up. You need to know how to do this. And so what I learned from that and what kept rolling in my spirit was the instructions of a father help you get up when you fall. And that's what he did, just like a father. He's my spiritual father. And now, you know, uh, anyway, I'll get to that part. But so I want to talk to you about, you know, when you fall, how to get up and how important it is to know the voice of the father so that he can help you navigate through that. It could be a big fall. It could be something slight. But it's so important to know his voice so that when he gives you instruction, 
you know, at first I was irritated, but then I was like, okay, I got to listen to this. And then I was very thankful because, of course, I fell again. And I was by myself. And all I remember was him standing over me, giving those <laughs> instructions. And so God tonight wants to give you instructions. So maybe you've fallen, and your fall, you know, there's different types of fall. There's falls um, that happen because of, you know, decisions you made or things you've done. Falls happen because someone has done something to you. Falls happen um, because of accidents. It could be a big fall. It could be something small. It could be something as simple as, you know, maybe you've fallen out of your fellowship with God. Maybe you've dialed back on your time of devotion with him. Maybe you've allowed the stresses and the things of this world to kind of overtake you and take a front, and front position in your life instead of being in the right place. Maybe you've kind of forgotten a little bit of who you are and who you are in him. And I like how even this morning at the end of the message in the 10 a.m. service, Pastor David encouraged us to stand up because we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. So we're going to stand up. Uh, to fall means to be prostrate, to drop, in case y'all didn't know what a fall was, you know. <laughs> to happen to fall away, to sink, to be overthrown, to settle down, to abide, cast oneself down, to make the face fall, to lay down, to fall upon. Sometimes when you fall, there's someone there that you can rely on to help get you up. But then there's other times when you need to know how to do it. People aren't always going to be around. Hey, did you pray? Or, hey, can I pray with you? But when you have the word of God working in you and you have its instructions, then you know, if I've fallen and I'm out here by myself, I know how to get back up and I know how to get back in the presence of the Father. That's a good place to be. Turn to Micah chapter 7, verse 8. I think this is in the New Living Translation. It's talking about Israel, but I thought it was an appropriate scripture. Micah 7, 8. It says, Do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Amen. To rise is to get up, to establish, to strengthen, to stand from a seated, reclining, or kneeling position. We're going to talk about somebody who experienced a fall, and he ended up being mightily used by God, and just a phenomenal example, and that's Paul. And um, I want to share with you his conversion story. That's by far one of the best conversion stories um, of someone receiving Christ. I mean, just like phenomenal. You know, God, the light, you know, talking. I mean, it's a pretty phenomenal story. And so um, that story is shared three times in the book of Acts. I'm going to, um, if you'll turn in your Bible to Acts chapter, we'll go to chapter 22. And we'll hear the story from Paul first. Luke wrote Acts, and he wrote about it, but we'll hear the story from Paul first. And um, in Acts chapter 22, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, listen to me as I offer my defense. 
When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Sicilia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding them to death, arresting both men and women, and throwing them in prison. Now, he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was serving God and, you know, being very committed. And, you know, he knew the law. He knew the word. He, he knew it. And so he really thought that he was following the will of God. And so um, verse 5 says, the high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that the that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the Christians from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. The people with me saw the light but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. I asked what I should do, Lord. And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything you are to do. And in chapter 9 of Acts, it tells in detail the instruction that God had for him. So he got up, they led him into the city. He spent three days praying. God told him that a man would come to him and speak to him and, sh and give him the whole and share with him the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was just a phenomenal story. But the deal is, when he fell, he fell off that horse. He was on his way. He was set in his way. He was set, and God showed up, and the power of God just knocked him off his horse, and he didn't get up until God said, get up. So God's saying, get up. He didn't get up until he got the instruction. I was laying there on the ground. I didn't get up until I got the instruction, and it was very clear and what God spoke to him was very clear and was very specific. And he followed it, and his life was radically changed um, forever. When Paul, Paul fell, in his get-back-up process, his passions changed, his heart changed, his mission changed, even his name changed. You were once sinner, now you're saint. Now you are the beloved. You're a child of God. Praise God. Nothing was ever the same again for Paul after he was blinded by that light from heaven and knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus. Now, just a little side note. Not everyone will agree to change in the presence of God, which is really sad. Because you notice in that story, Paul wasn't the only one on that road. There were other people with him. They saw the same light. They heard the same voice. But they missed it. They even 
helped him up and led him into the city. But you don't want to be that person. You want to be forever changed in the presence of God. Let the presence of God change you. An encounter with God is meant to change us, to blind us to our old pursuits, to blind us to our old interests, to, to change, you know? So he was all focused on what he thought was right. But just a gentle nudge, a big gentle nudge. <laughs> and he was able to get back in line and get in line and do what he was supposed to do. What a waste to simply get up and go back to our normal habits after being in the presence of God and sensing the joy of his nearness. After powerful movements in his word, in prayer, in places where he's made his way so plain to us. Like Ivan exhorted us earlier, after you prayed and, and agreed, let it go. Don't pick it back up. Trust God and keep moving forward. You can be transformed in the presence of God and his instructions can help you get back up. In James chapter one, verse two, in the Passion Translation, it says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. I'll tell you what, when I fell and I got back up, I had a lot more confidence. I had been receiving instruction all day. I'd been receiving help all day. I'd been with a group of people who had taken my arms and helping me do it. And then when it was time for me to stand on my own, you know, Father sealed the deal. And then it was time for me to stand on my own. And then I went up on that hill and I came down by myself. And when I fell, so I, I, I went down confidently and I was doing the swoosh. <laughs> it's like, I got this. Hit something, boom, I fell, looked around. Oh, you know, when you fall, that's about the most humbling thing <laughs> could ever happen to you. My rule is laugh first, then check and make sure everything's okay. <laughs> that helps me in the humbling process. <laughs> Definitely have to laugh at myself. I have lots of occasions to laugh at myself. But that, was, that, that in itself was a big example of community working together. And submission. Because I had to submit myself and I had to say, I don't know it all, but I need help. And I'm going to follow these instructions. Because I don't want to keep falling all over this hill. Amen? Amen? So a few ways you can get up. I like to give pointers, but this, of course, is not every way. This is just a few things. Um, I was reading through some scriptures, and these jumped out. And so I'm going to give them to you, and then we'll break it down. Um, 
Number one is repent. Number two, humble yourself. Number three, be quick to listen. Number four, be slow to speak. Number five, be slow to become angry. And number six, be a doer of the word. Oh. <laughs> number one, repent. <laughs> number two, humble yourself. Number three, be quick to listen. Number four, be slow to speak. Number five, be slow to become angry. And number six, be a doer of the word. And we'll break it down. So number one, repent. If you have fallen because of something you have done, then you need to acknowledge that wrong and you need to repent. Some falls are self-inflicted. Let's just be honest. You make a wrong choice. You make a wrong decision. You don't heed the instruction of the Holy Spirit. You think you're too grown. You don't want to listen to your, your parents. You don't want to listen to your spiritual parents. You don't want to listen to those that God has placed in authority over you. You've, you've fallen because of a bad choice. So 1 John 1, 9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So that's a good place to start, you know, just to check. If that's not necessary, it's not necessary. Number two, humble yourself. Like I mentioned, falls are very humbling. <laughs> but if you're going to get back up in the proper way, you need to humble yourself before God. You can't receive his instruction if you're too busy fighting it. Like, I could have stayed irritated that whole time, but at some point I had to humble myself and go, okay, fine, I don't know how to get up. He's not going to help me in the way that I thought he should help me, so I just need to humble myself and receive the instruction. So sometimes, you know, we get all out of whack because we think God should be doing something a certain way, but we need to humble ourselves and follow the instruction that he gives us. Do it his way. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 through 6, and this is the New Living Translation. Y'all are putting these scriptures up, right? Okay. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. You will rise at the right time. Paul didn't get up until God told him to get up. And he fell down. I mean, the, the power is God is there. You know, he fell off his horse. He's laying there. You know, he wasn't like trying to get up and figure. He just laid there. And then God said, get up and go here. And he gave him the instruction. So those other few points that I kind of um, ran through actually come from this scripture. In James chapter 1, verse 19 through 25. And I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. 
It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. Number three, be quick to listen. I think this is a quote from Pastor David. He's, he's the one who I've heard said it, so I'm going to say it's him. If it's not him, he'll let me know. Um, one word from God will change everything. You have to listen. God calls you things that you have no evidence they even exist in your life. Listen. Tune, tune your ear into his voice. Get to know his voice. Spend time listening to his instruction. There's so much in the word of God. There's so much direction, so much instruction. Everything we need. It's here. John 10, verse 1 through 5, I do have a lot of scriptures <laughs> in the New Living, says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. They follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Be quick to listen. Number four, be slow to speak. Set your heart to listen and receive. That takes a lot. I'm, I was always one of those mouthy teenagers, young adults. <laughs> always had a lot to say. Still a little bit now. <laughs> Won't even lie. I, 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 sometimes I just want to get a you know, word in or, you know, let me just whatever. And um, since I've been using Pastor David as an example, when he knows that I, he's, he's got to tell me something, he doesn't want to hear me say anything, he's like, 
I want to teach you something. I'm going to give you a little bit of instruction. That's code for shut up and listen. I'm going to give you a little bit of instruction. Like, oh, I just had one more thing to say. Because if I say this, then maybe my instruction time will be a little less. <laughs> so that's how we need to be with God. You know, sometimes we want to go right in and be like, God, did you know, you know, this happened and this is going on and all of this is, you know, da 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 da. You know, and we have so many words, and He's like, chill. Set your heart to listen and receive. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. A quiet mouth helps you to have a fixed heart. Number five, be slow to become angry. Don't get angry when God corrects you. Be thankful that he loves you enough not to let you keep going in the wrong direction. He loves you enough not to leave you down on the ground. He loves you enough to help you rise up. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Proverbs 19.20, get all the advice and instruction you can so you will become wise the rest of your life. Don't get angry when you need to receive instruction, correction, and direction. It will save your life life. I'm thankful Paul didn't get angry and that he just followed what God told him to do. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. Phenomenal. So many lives were changed. And God has a plan and purpose for each and every one of us. And so we need to be open to what he has to say. And number six, be a doer of the word. Do whatever he says. Don't try to fight it out. Just do it. You've already, you're already humbled. <laughs> already laid out, you know. Just do whatever he says. Be a doer of the word. It's time for you to grow up and walk in your purpose and in the plan that God has for you. And I don't mean just because you're, you know, a young adult or whatever. Some of you are older and still need to grow up. You've been in the Word. You've been in church. And you haven't been doing it. And you've been in this fallen position. It's time. It is, it is so far beyond time. God's like, come on. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. I've got something for you to do. I need you in your place. I need you. You know, maybe in this season, you know, you've, you've dealt with some fear and you've kind of stepped back from the different ministries and the different um, serving opportunities and, those, and, and being around people and doing what God has called you to do. 
The children need you. The youth need you. And you've been like chilling. And God's saying, get back up. Get back in your position. It's time. I've called you to this place. I've equipped you for this place. And I'm going to help you get back up. And I'm going to give you some direction and instruction. And you need to do it. It's time. We were shut down for so long. We were chained up for so long. And some of you just like accepted that. And accepted that you couldn't do anything. That's not the case. I'll tell you the most beautiful sight tonight was seeing y'all pray for each other. We're a family. We are family. (laughs) I got all my people with me. (laughs) Though you may fall, you will rise. I have a lot more scripture, but I'm going to end with these two. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over again. Proverbs 24, 16, and this is the Passion Translation. A righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Though you may fall, you will rise again. I'm going to share one more. Psalm 34, 19, Passion Translation. Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. You can have confidence that when you rise back up, you'll not be defeated by that thing that you've been facing. You may have been experiencing some hard times. Your faith may have been shaken. Maybe you've, you've backed back away from, you know, who you are, or your, your faith in God, and you've kind of, you know, questioned, like, you know, God, if I'm doing the right thing, or, you know, why is this happening? Or, you know, maybe you just kind of step back. Like, maybe, you know... I, my confession isn't working or, you know, this faith stuff isn't working. And you've kind of doubted. I'm telling you to get back up. The word works. Don't give up just because you don't see it right away. The word works. If you need any encouragement in that area, if you need any proof of that, look up here on the platform. The word works. It took time. It took consistency. It took standing firm in faith. It took strength. It took us coming together as a body. And we're looking at two miracles sitting on the stage. Faith works. 
The word works. Though you may have fallen, you will rise again. Listen out for what God has to say. He's right there with the instructions to get you back in your place. Amen.